Thanks, thanks to the Deb and Nod guys, can we just give them a big warm welcome hands? Alright, get instructed to do stuff at the back there. Um, welcome to the visitors, those who are actually visiting us here for the first time. And um, I see someone that, Rachel, she's actually running the school here every from Monday to Friday. Can you just put your hands up and just give them a hand? Yeah, and she visited us today. It's good. And whoever is here for the first time as well, if I never acknowledge you, I just wanted to say you are welcome. Anyone here? You! <laughs> oh, Ingrid. Can you please be a welcome to Ingrid as well? Yeah. It's just really lovely to come as one board here. Yeah? And it's nice to come and fellowship. Um, those who don't know me, my name is Zolani Pagati. I pastor the church here. And then just in case if anything goes wrong, please come to me and I'll sort it out. So for the visitors, for the first time, the toilets are on your left. I don't know if it's left or right, but you can figure it out. Um, I'm not good in direction, but um, it's good to have you guys. And it's lovely that weekend to be ministered with Ariane. One thing that I like, the kingdom, it's not limited by the building. The kingdom expands. And that's why we're here to come to do the kingdom of God. And my prayer is that we can be able to be in one mind, in one mandate. So it's lovely to just come and share one another. Can, I, can you please pass the baskets? I don't know where the baskets Um Sheesh, look at that. Eh? Welcome to Sarepta. We, by faith, we pass the baskets, we pass the money on their hands. Yeah, we are very good on passing the baskets by, by hands. And as someone says, there's a Zappa code as well. So we, we can just really, but can I pray in faith before the basket comes? Um, Father, we thank you, Lord, for this tithe. Lord, I just pray this, whatever we receive, it for your kingdom. And I just pray, Lord, that whatever we receive, Lord, we will expand your kingdom. And we thank you for this tithe. I pray a blessing for whoever tithe and who did not tithe. I pray a blessing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, the baskets arrived. <laughs> so, fortunately, it's good. Um, just a quick announcement. And um, on September, uh, amazingly, Ariana, she's here. And she's the, the one always organizing Brian Blunt, if you remember Brian, that came to our church at that time. And they're all about just the kingdom. And it was a privilege to go with them. And then we went for Shisanyama. And, and, and we just do the ministry. So they're coming down again on September. And so we'll be doing something. We'll tell you the announcement in early. Just really, I love going with Brian. And it's quite amazing sometimes. I thought, this guy, these Americans, they never get tired. <laughs> and he just keep going uh, of praying for people. And, um, and I just wanted to say to you guys, we are called to actually to bring the kingdom into the darkness. And um, I'm into that space again. 
and um, I've been reading a book that really challenged me. He said, if you pray for someone for four times and nothing happened, that means you are still playing around. It must be a thousand times. And over and over again, because God is doing it. You are not doing it. So I get challenged most of the time. So if you've been praying for someone uh, for more than 10 or 20 times, I want to say to you, do not give up. God is at work. God is going to heal that person. So whoever I just felt like praying for who is not well in this morning, that you are well in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And um, in this month, in August, fortunately, it's been a great month. We've been having ladies leading us into the ministry. Um, and I'm really been blessed over this August that I have to sit back as the preacher and don't preach. <laughs> Woo! And the ladies, they've been quite incredible. Can you please give them a big hand uh, and just give honor to that? And, and one thing that I, I really like, but when the ladies get to minister to us, I have a sense of the mom that they're actually nurturing us. They're giving us that love. Um, I know, know as a man, I'm like evangelist. I just go straight <laughs> onto that. So today we're going to have Ariane. Ariane, can you please get up? Can you please give them a big hand? Hi, hey, woo. Um, Ariane, she is one of, um, I always say that when we go down to pastor's retreat in Vineyard, and actually I've met her a long time when I was young in this church. And she was sitting at the back of the office. As I come in, I'm thinking, what is this lady doing here? <laughs> and she looked at me with a smile and asked me, who are you? <laughs> and I was like, oh, who are you? You're at my place at the church, yeah. And, but, um, and that's where I've met her. But after that, I've met her from the pastor's retreat. And she's the only toughest lady we have among the men. <laughs> and uh, I really honored that. And she's leading a church down in Devon North. And his life... And then we so like when we see ladies do what God has called them to do. And actually, I wanted to say, keep going. Go, lady. I saw one guy of mine says, preach it, lady. Preach it, lady. He's got a T-shirt that says, preach it. Never give up. So I want to just to pray for you. And can we just really stretch the hands and just pray for Ariana as you just come to lead the way. Father, we thank you for our ladies. We want to say, Lord, thank you that you use everybody. And we thank you that you're using Ariana to preach your word. So, Father, I pray as you're leading us into your word. As a, sometimes I say, Lord, let Ariana be the music and, Lord, you sing over us. Father, we thank you for her. And Lord, we bless her as she brings the words to us that we pray your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we love her and give glory to her as she worships and praying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Solani. Thank you so much for having me. I don't, I, I don't feel like I'm a stranger here. Um, in fact, I met Jonathan through New Wine Ministry. I can't tell you what an impact he had on my life. 
through New Wine Ministry and then later on through Vineyard. I've come here on a Monday evening. Um, we've done Brian Blount. So you feel like family. Well, in fact, you are family. So that's the important thing. So um, just before I start, um, we, we, our church in Devon North, His Life, we are currently doing um, the School of Kingdom Ministry, which is a vineyard-led um, initiative out of Vineyard, Illinois, and it's really about learning and understanding kingdom theology, but not just having the theology, but activating it. So we have some of our students here today that will part of our church that are going to hopefully be getting words and coming to minister and giving some words of knowledge, prophetic words, whatever. So you're our practice ground this morning. Um, <clears throat> but I trust them. So, so this morning I want to share... Um, some thoughts, well, it's more than thoughts, it's four pages, it's only four pages, not six, like I told somebody this morning. But I want to talk about the invitation of Jesus. Come. You know that scripture is filled with invitations. God invites his people to come to him. In the New Testament, the Old Testament, we see it all the time, that there is this invitation of God to invite us into fellowship, into relationship, and into new life. And so today I want to look at two of Jesus' invitations, um, pick out a few things in the stories, and then um, look at just two points. So it's a 7.2 sermon. Um, <laughs> so I did ask how long you had. Maybe I should myself and see. Um, anyway, so the first story is from John 1, the John's Gospel, um, where John's disciples follow Jesus. And I'm reading from John 1, verse 35 through to 42. I use the NIV, um, so that's the version that you are hearing. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. This is John the baptizer. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he said, and you will see. And so they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent the day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. And the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon to tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. And so we see in the story, these are two of John the baptizer's disciples. And we know that Andrew is one of them because we hear about that a little bit later in the story and in the verses that I read. And so they have obviously heard what John has been saying about Jesus. I am convinced they must also know the background about his birth. They must know the story about the shepherds, about the wise men, 
They must, they should have probably would have been at his baptism if they were John's disciples. And so they would have seen the spirit of God descending on Jesus and the voice of the Lord. And so when they hear this testimony about John, about Jesus, where he says, behold, the lamb of God, um, they're intrigued. There is something that stirs in their hearts. And so they followed I love the fact that there's no hesitation. They just go. They turn. Um, their hearts are drawn to the person. And that's often our story, isn't it? When we hear about Jesus, we are drawn. There is something in our hearts that is drawn to the person of Jesus. And I wonder for a moment, when was it when you first heard about Jesus. You know, sometimes I think that we we kind of, you know, just jaunt along in our faith and we never really stop and look back. When was the first time you heard about Jesus? Can you remember something that happened in your heart? And imagine what those disciples felt when they heard John's testimony and there was something inside of them and so they followed Jesus. And so Jesus turns around and he sees them. And that's the beauty of God. He's always looking. Eyes of the Lord roam the earth to find those whose hearts are turned towards him. He's always looking. Um, and so he turns around and he sees them and his question, what do you want? It's a bit of a strange question in a way, but it's quite an enlightening question because, in fact, what he's saying is, what do you seek? What do you desire and that question invites them and us to lay open our hearts, to express our desires. You see, Jesus knows what our desires are, but he wants us to acknowledge them. That's the important thing. I'm studying, um, well, I've finished my studies now um, in spiritual direction, and this is one of my favorite passages that I will give people in direction to go and sit and have a conversation with Jesus, do a gospel contemplation, and read the story. And hear that question from Jesus when he says to you, what do you want? And for you to open your heart and to acknowledge your desires, to actually articulate them. But I think in a way here, he's also checking the disciples' motives. Why are they following him? What is it they want? Another question for us is why do we follow Jesus? Why do you follow Jesus? Have you thought about that? Are you following perhaps because it's what you want from him, what you can get from him? And I think, you know, the, the church promises, come to Jesus and he'll give you this. And I think the church has done a disservice. Not this church, but the church generally. The message is you come to Jesus and he'll give you an easy life or whatever. So what do we want from him? Do we want forgiveness? Do we want the ticket to heaven? Do we, do, do we want what he can do for us, the slot machine God? Um, or do we just want him to be there when we can call on him when we need him? Or do you just simply want him like these disciples? Do you want the things of God? Or do you desire God himself? Because those are the two disciples. They desired the person of Jesus. And so there's an interesting reply the disciples reply, and they say to him, where are you staying? 
I wonder what I would have said when he said to me, what do you want? Well, could I have this, you know? Could I please um, get a new house or could you please give me some more of this? Um, but their answer was different. They said, where are you staying? That indicates there's a desire to be with him. There's a desire to fellowship with him. There's a desire to stay with him, to spend time with him um, in his home. It's that illusion to abiding in him. And then he says, come and see. Come. Here's the invitation. The invitation is always extended by Jesus. He says, come, come and see. And it's their response that is important. He's saying, come and see who I am. Come and see me. Come and do life with me. Come and see how I relate, relate to people. Come and experience me. Come and have a personal experience with me. And that is so important in our encounter with Jesus, is that there has to be a personal experience. And I think far too often our experience of Jesus is based on other people's description of Jesus. They describe Jesus to us. And we go, oh, that's great. But we never have the personal experience. And it is so important that we need to have our own personal experience of Jesus. Can you describe Jesus to people with love and passion? When you talk about Jesus, is there something that bubbles up and flows out of you? As you talk about this amazing person who loves you so much, who draws you into fellowship, who reconnects you to the Father, that's how we should be talking about Jesus and more. But that only comes from your own personal experience. And so that was the invitation to come and see. And so they spend the day with him. And we see immediately that Andrew goes out to find Peter to bring him to Jesus. Because there is always an overflow of our heart. The fruit is to find others. The fruit is the overflow. When we find something as incredible and as worthy and of such value as knowing Jesus, there cannot be anything but to share it with others. And so that's what we see in this story. Um, but that's another topic altogether. I'm not talking about sharing our faith. But this is not yet the formal invitation to follow him and be his disciples. This is just the initial call. The formal invitation is coming. But I think it reminds us that our call to follow Jesus is a process. And it all depends on our response. And so maybe there's some of you sitting here that are in your early stage of the come and see. You just want to come and see. You want to make a commitment. You just want to come and see. You want to experience Jesus for yourself. You want to explore I think if you look at the story of the disciples, they spent three years coming and seeing and learning how to be a disciple. And sometimes, sometimes I think we put an expectation on ourselves that when we come to Jesus, we've got to suddenly, all of a sudden, have it all together. Read the story of the disciples. See their journey um, in the Gospels. They didn't have it all together. They messed up so often, and yet they had 
the grace of Jesus over and over and over again. And even when he died and he rose, they still didn't know. It was only afterwards. Um, so there's hope for us. But I think that shows us so clearly that our journey of faith is a process. It takes time. Mm. So I move on now to Mark 1. Mark's Gospel, chapter 1. This is the invitation to follow. I'm reading from verse 16 to 20. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me. Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and with the hired men and followed him. This is the call to discipleship. He sees these fishermen and he says, come, follow me. This is a serious call. The language of follow in Jewish thinking represents the language of discipleship. He was inviting them into discipleship. He was not just inviting them to simply follow where they were, like a wandering. He was inviting them into life with him. He was inviting them. Um, and I love this, is that the call to discipleship, if you know about first century Judaism, the rabbi never calls the student. Here is a rabbi, different to any other, and he is the one who is calling. Disciples in those days applied, like you would apply to university, they applied to, to study under certain rabbis, but not so with Jesus. Jesus is the one who calls his students. Isn't that beautiful? That's why when we read in John 15 where he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you just kind of gives you a thank you. Um, anyway, but he's calling them not only to be a learner, but to adhere to his teachings and his way of life, to live life with him. And I know, I mean, they must have known Jesus was a traveling preacher. And so life with him must have required quite a sacrifice. Couldn't have been easy. But that invitation of come requires a response. Follow me. It's the call to discipleship. Come and be with me. Learn from me. Be my disciple. Be my, let me be your teacher. Be my student. Be my follower. Learn from him, his way, his truth, and his life. We are reading a book at the moment. I don't know if you're still reading it or on the Zoom group, but I haven't been on the group for a while, but by Eugene Peterson called The Jesus Way. And he says this, only when the Jesus way is organically joined with the truth of Jesus do we get the Jesus life. 
And so many of us try to live the Jesus life without the Jesus truth and the Jesus way. And so we need to learn the Jesus way joined with the Jesus truth, the truth of who he is in order for us to live the Jesus life. Discipleship is, requires intentionality. It requires commitment. It requires discipline. It requires sacrifice. How many of you enjoy those words? How many of you enjoy the word discipline? Not a chance. Sacrifice? No way. <clears throat> intentionality and commitment. We called to live in fellowship with him. This is the plea of my heart is to spend time in the presence of God. It's not just about being in church, and it's not just about being in life groups. It's about spending time with Jesus, being in his presence, just simply sitting in his presence. Whether you feel anything or not doesn't matter. Being in his word, reading scripture and allowing scripture to speak to you. It's something that is so lacking from a disciple's life, time with Jesus, more than anything, more than anything, has to be your priority. It's a call to die to yourself. We're busy looking at this very concept in our School of Kingdom ministry. What does it mean to die to yourself, to give up? your way, your way of doing things, your way of thinking, your selfishness, and to turn and to live his way. It is so hard, and yet it is so worth it. So maybe my question is, are you really following Jesus? I'm not saying you're not. I just want you to think about it. Are you really following in his footsteps? Have you ever walked in somebody's footsteps on the beach? Sometimes a little bit difficult because their, their stride is a little bit longer than you. But think about that with Jesus. Imagine a child trying to walk in an adult's footsteps. That's how it is with us and Jesus. We are to walk in his footsteps. We are to go where he went. We are to experience what he experienced. That's what it means to be a disciple. Are you close? Are you right up, intimate with Jesus? Or are you simply in the crowd watching? Are you walking in the dust? And I think that this is something that we really, really need to evaluate in our lives. And there's the promise. The call to come is always followed by a promise. And we see in this, he says, I will make you. I will show you how to live. I will show you how to be. I will show you how to live a different life. I will show you how to relate to people. I will change you from the inside out. And then, only when I've done that, then I will send you out to fish for men. And I want to say that again. We need to let Jesus change us before we go fishing. Okay? Because we can do some damage to the fish. Yeah, 
Can I have a tissue? We have to let him change us. Are you letting him change you? Are you allowing the Spirit of God to do the work in you that only he can do? Are you cooperating with him? I'm going off target. I mean, I'm going off my plan. The call to our lives is not to simply follow our own way and follow in our way. We are to follow his way. We need to be transformed with him. We need to partner with him. We need to be on a mission of redemption for him. Part of you being saved is not for you to get a ticket to heaven. Part of you being saved is for you to partner with God in the redemption story of mankind. That's what you're here for. And far too many people just go, oh, well, I'm saved, I'm okay. No, you are saved to be changed, to be given a new heart, to be given a new mind, a new will, a new purpose, a new way of being, a new way of relating so that we can partner with God um, in the world and join him on this mission. My last little point from these stories, at once they left everything. There is an immediacy about them. They didn't go, oh yeah, how's it Jesus? Hang on, can you just wait until I finish doing this? Yeah, didn't do that. There's a, let me drop everything and let me follow him. I wonder why. I think about this often. And maybe, just maybe, they were struck with the greatness and the wonder of the one who was calling them. Are we? That made me think. <clears throat> Do I constantly stand in awe of the one who constantly invites me to come? How amazing he is. How beautiful he is. I believe that that's why they responded like they did, apart from the fact that they were invited. Jesus saw something in them and invited them into this new story. And there was something in their hearts that made them aware of the majesty of this God who was calling him. And so it's the same God, the same sovereign king who invites us. And he is worthy than more, more worthy of more than just casual church attendance or attendance at life group. He is worthy of a life laid down and dedicated to him. Total abandonment. I remember the, I always say this, it was a stupid prayer, but it wasn't. My first alpha, my alpha course, when I came to Jesus, I've been a churchgoer all my life. And I did the alpha course. And on the weekend, the Alpha Weekend, the Holy Spirit touched everybody else but not me. Anyway, I was kind of like, okay, God, here I am. Do whatever you want with me. And I find myself 25 years later having left corporate with a high-paying job into a church with absolutely no salary whatsoever and then into planting a church. 
But that's, if God can do that with me, and I don't, I often have conversations with people and they say, wouldn't you want to go back into corporate? Don't you want to earn that much money? No, I wouldn't give this up anything because it's so worthwhile and because he is so worthwhile. And so his, he is worthy of everything, total abandonment. Full commitment to his response to invitation. And so two more points. The invitation to come. There is a continuous invitation that comes from God. Every day, every moment, every circumstance. Not just a once-off, not just a come and see, not just a come and follow, but every single day there is an invitation that says, come, come into fellowship. Come into restoration with the Father. Come partner with me. Come participate in this. Come and be with me. Don't come and do things for me, but come and be with me. And one of the things that we need to know is that it is always initiated by God, never initiated by ourselves. And this is something I've been reading a, a book. I can't remember who it's by. Anyway, um, it's a Christian book. But we, how often do we invite Jesus into our hearts? It's like a common thing in the church. You need to invite Jesus into your heart? Well, think about it. We don't invite Jesus into our hearts. He invites us into relationship. If you think of a baby being given up for adoption, because that's what we are, we're adopted into the family of God, does a baby that's being given up for adoption go, hello, I invite you to be my parents? No. The parents move towards the child, adopt the child, and the child simply responds to the love that they receive. That is the exact same thing with God is that he invites us. We don't invite him into our lives. All we do is simply respond. I also had a thought, if we are dead in our sins, can dead people invite somebody into their life? No. Just that kind of made me think, and I thought I'd throw it out there, but he always moves in towards us. He always invites us into relationship. And our part is simply to respond. And this is the important part. How do we respond? How do we respond to this ongoing invitation of Jesus? Every day, every moment. Do we think about it? Do we consider it? Do we say, I'll wait until I'm ready? Or hold on, Jesus, I don't have time right now. I'm just a little bit busy. Or do we say, Jesus, you're asking a bit much? Or maybe we say what all my friends say, if I have to say yes to going to this church thing rather than going out for drinks, you know? Um, or do we just simply say yes on an ongoing basis? Yes, whatever. Yes, I respond. Yes, I am so drawn to your wonder and your majesty. Yes, because I know what you have for me. I don't know about you, but do you enjoy being invited to parties? I do. I love getting party invitations, but often my response, and I'm only going to speak for myself, 
my response is, who's it from? Yeah? Who's it from? Do I really want to go? Okay? Or the other thing is, who else is going to be there? Hmm? Do I really want to be in that company? Or you don't, you only know the person inviting you, you don't know their friends, and you go, mm, not quite sure if I want to, where to want to go to that. And then you sometimes, okay, so what do I have to take? I, I do a lot of weddings, and I must admit that the weddings that are in the Midlands are just like, I, I think are so costly for the people attending them. Because not only do you have to pay to get there, you have to pay for your accommodation and you still have to give them a present. Yeah? Well, think about it. Why can't they just have weddings here locally? Oh, anyway. Um, but sometimes, you know, what kind of party is it? Do I have to take a present? And if you're anything like me, I suck at presents. I just, uh, I'd rather go, can somebody else please organize the present? And then... Where it is, you know, sometimes that doesn't, doesn't matter. But for me, if you invite me to a fancy dress party, no. You know why? Because it's just too much effort. And I think sometimes that's similar to our responses to Jesus. You see, there's always a call to come on a daily basis, every moment, in every situation. Jesus says, come. So will you respond or will you ignore him? And one thing that I have learned and am continuing to learn is that there is always more. There is always a deeper response. I love that song, Consuming Fire. There must be more than this. And maybe some of us are just satisfied with where we are. Just chilling. But I want to tell you today there is more. There is a deeper response as the one who calls you moves your heart. So what invitation are you hearing today? Because there's so many. There's so many in Scripture. I've spoken only about come and see. Is that you? Come and hang out with Jesus. Or is it come follow? Or maybe it's a, you know you've gone off track and you need to come back. Come back to follow me. Or is it that beautiful invitation, come away with me for a while and get some rest? Beautiful invitation. They never got any rest because the crowds followed them, but that's beside the point. But is that an invitation to you? Do you need a couple of days just with Jesus? Or is it the invitation, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden? Are you burdened? Because he is the one who promises rest. Come to me, he says. Come to Jesus. Or is it the response to the invitation, come and drink? All who are thirsty, do you recognize your thirst for God? That you will respond to that invitation, come and drink. You know, we can have the Holy Spirit, a bottle of water, a glass of water, but unless we actually drink and fill ourselves up, it still 
remains a glass of water won't have any impact on us. Maybe that's your invitation today. Or maybe it's an invitation to come and take up your cross. It's time to sacrifice. It's time to die to some things in your life. Or maybe it's come down with me. Come and fellowship with me. Will you let your heart be captivated by the beauty and the greatness of Jesus as you respond to that invitation? So let's close our eyes for a moment. Father, you desire us. You so long to be with us. And so I pray, Father, that we would hear your invitation today. Come. Come to Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, you stir our hearts in a fresh and a new way to respond. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I'd like to have a time of ministry if anybody would like to respond specifically to that invitation but I also want to ask if there are any of our ministry team learners students that have any words that want to come up front now is the time so they're going to give some words um, we'll wait. We'll wait to respond right at the end, and then we'll just have a time of Holy Spirit ministry. Um, we kind of will end. You can have. Where do you have coffee? Here doesn't matter. God can work in the midst of coffee. Hello, everyone. Um, I got a, a word for Sarah. Um, a word of perseverance. So, if you answer, maybe you know someone that's Sarah. Is there Sarah here? Okay. Also perseverance. And then the second one is an image of a, um, of a door closing, another one opening. So some, someone possibly have a, has a door open for whatever reason. Don't despair. There is a door opening, and God will provide that for you. Thanks. So I, strangely enough, also had a name, and it's Ian, but it's not our Ian. It's with us. Is there another Ian here at all? No. I'm not getting the right names yet today. <laughs> All good. Maybe it is for you, Ian. Mm. <laughs> but um, the other thing I had was quite specific, and it was a picture of like a, my husband will know more than me, like a hemoglobin, you know, like a blood cell. And it's that somebody might have some blood disorder or something, and that God wants to heal that today. So I don't know if that speaks to anybody. Um, following on from Wayne's um, one door opening, another 
and or closing another one opening. Is there anyone here who is a commercial pilot or is a retired commercial pilot? No, okay. Maybe it's someone who's coming up for retirement, your career has soared, and you're a bit nervous about the change that's coming. And the message was that God just wants you to invite Jesus into your life and will journey with you, and the journey has just begun. Um, so that was the one thing. Um, and then the other was um, pain. It starts in the head and goes all the way down the neck and into the arm and, and very painful here. I don't know. It's very specific if anyone has that. So I had that someone is really battling with their bladder, constant bladder infections, um, and that God wants to bring healing into that. And then also someone is really battling with their mind, like intrusive thoughts and not being able to quieten your mind. Every time you try and quieten your mind, you have these thoughts running in and out. And I feel like God wants to almost bring like a stillness and a peace into the mind. And then I had a, a word for you sitting right here. I feel like God wants to say to you that you're a mighty prayer warrior and you need to be praying like with, with fervency, is that the right word? Um, and that your voice um, needs to really be heard in this church. Hi, the Joanne here. Joanne. No? Do you know? If you know, but I'll just say the word in case you know somebody. Uh, Joanne, it's, it's a lady who's on the bike. And then, where? On a, on a bike, but she has a bit of a crash or something. I don't know what's happening. She's off a bike. The bike is a little bit entangled, but it doesn't mean there's something physical happening, you know, real happening, or maybe in, there's a situation in her life, you know, there's a bit of a crash. But God is saying, what I have is a big, you know, like the emoji on the cell phone, the red heart? It's a big pumping red heart. It's as God's power into her to pull through and to go through. Um, that's the word that I have. And is there a David there? David? Huh? You out there? Is it a, oh, okay. Hi. I see the the what I have is a picture of a lion, like you becoming a lion. There's so much power in you, so much strength, and that God wants us to use you. And and it's a powerful picture of encouragement, and maybe direct that strength and that power into you know in the right way. But it's a beautiful picture. Okay. So I just, um, I, something happened to me before we came to church in this week, and um, there's just a lot of like, I don't know, not the devil behind every bush, but like the enemy coming in and sort of like trying to wreck my brain before I even came in here. But um, I just want to, I just want to, uh, maybe don't have to pray for you, but just point out if something happened on the way to church or something happened this morning or it was hard to get here, um, I just pray against that stuff. Um, I pray that that's just moved completely aside that doesn't affect anything that happens now in prayer. Okay, um, cool. Okay, so I'm going to call the rest of our ministry team up if you want to just come up here. So you've all heard the words, um, and if you want to respond to those words, you want to respond to the invitation to come, we have lots of people that want to pray for you and pray over you. So 
And then we'll just, it'll come to an end when you feel the Holy, come stand this side, guys. There's, there's a whole big church. We're not used to so much space. But there were lots of specific words. There were lots of words out there this morning. Um, and I really encourage you, do not go home without prayer. It is so important. Let the Holy Spirit touch you. Even if you come up and say, can you just lay hands on me and say, come Holy Spirit. That's the invitation. Come. And that's the end of me. Yes, please. Sometimes it takes a bit of courage to respond. Is there a Cheryl or a Beryl here? Cheryl. No. If, if you want a ministry, you can just come up at the front, but those who want tea and coffee are right at the back there. You can carry on. Just allow the spirit to move as we worship it. Call me out on the wall.